Good morning and welcome back to the Joy of Aquatics. Yes, it is super early. Well, it's super early for me. It's probably not super early for you. So I might sound a little bit husky. It is still dark outside. I'm hoping I can get this interview in before the birds come out. So some of you would have seen on Facebook yesterday, um, and obviously if you've been listening, you know all about the birds that live around my house. We have a family of kookaburras. We have some very noisy crows that love to get their voice on my microphone. And yesterday we had some cockatoos come out as well. So I am up before the birds to try and uh, yeah, to try and get an interview in with Mark from England to see what changes he has to put into place um, in order to be able to open. So what would swimming teaching look like in England when our swimming teachers can go back to work? Because, you know, we know that swimming lessons are going to change. Um, the way that swim schools operate are going to change a little bit while this whole um, COVID pandemic starts to wind down. So, yes, I'm up and I sound croaky because I have not done any vocal warm-ups because I do not want to wake up my children. No, no, no. They can sleep like little angels. <laughs> so, all right. With me this morning at the crack of dawn here in Australia and quite late at night in England is Mark McNichol. Mark, welcome to the Joy of Aquatics. Hello, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I run a swim school up in the northeast of England with about 650 swimmers. We are based out of three pools um, and we're autism swim approved. We do a lot with special needs and I'm also a full-time special needs teacher in a school with the sim school almost being a little a little in inverted commas sideline wow that that's that is a big little side job <laughs> you have so it certainly keeps me busy <laughs> yeah i bet it does i bet it does and that's great that your autism's from approved and that's fantastic. Now, I've actually done a little bit of research and I love that your favourite quote is, if you can get yourself there, you can get yourself back. Explain that for a moment. It was, when I first started swimming teaching, it was very much a swimming teachers were on the pool side. At no point were swimming teachers in the water teaching. Yeah. So you would have, a class of 12, uh, and they could be three-year-old non-swimmers wow. in deep water. Yep. And it, it was always kind of my running joke, my running mantra with the children. If you can get yourself to that point, yeah. you have to be able to get yourself back. Yeah. And it just kind of stuck. I love it. I think it's absolutely bright, great. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. So... And I I'm going to start it, using it. <laughs> it helps relax the parents a little bit because, you know, they found it quite funny and quite quirky as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. Really cool. All right, let's get back on track a little bit. So um, 
Now, you and I actually had a bit of a conversation before I pressed record this morning, and you were telling me a little bit about the structure um, of how things are done in the UK. Can you just um, fill in our listeners on that because you believe that that's really going to affect what changes you have to put into place before you can open again. So Mark, I'm just going to leave that open to you. Talk about what you were telling me before. Yeah, so the biggest thing within the UK is that there is, everything is recommendations. Yeah. So it's not, uh, like in a lot of other countries where they are imposing laws and rules and restrictions, everything in the UK is based around um, what is reasonably practicable. So even down to things like qualifications, mm-hmm. it is expected that people will be qualified, but there is no law that says you have to be qualified. Yeah, You just have to be prepared to stand up and justify your decisions in court if that's what happens. So in terms of the plans to reopen, this is the the, the key thing, that everything is a recommendation. So it doesn't mean that you have to follow it. And you can already see that people are starting to uh, deviate from the guidance, which they're perfectly entitled to do. It just starts getting very hard to then justify that to your insurers and courts if something goes wrong. Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to be the biggest issue that as an industry, we're going to have to follow because for me, the one big thing that's happened during this pandemic is almost everyone sang from the same hymn sheet. The political parties have almost, as much as they can do, joined together. Yeah. Uh, everyone's been saying the same thing. The guidance around social distancing has been two metres everywhere. Shops have just closed. Whereas once we start coming into the reopening and companies start doing things differently... I think we're going to struggle possibly with justifying some of our decisions to our parents and our summers. Yeah. Um, and that's going to lead to fractions in the industry. And also having to say, well, I'm doing it because of X, Y, and Z. And that means my lessons are slightly more expensive. It's really hard to then not say to a parent, well, actually, they're cutting corners and not really following the rules because you then come across as unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, you can see that already on Facebook with, um, in the small swim school owners group um, that Liz Core manages. Liz, if you're listening, I still want an interview at some point in time. Just want to jab that in there, Mark. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, there, was, there was a question posted by Alina Graham about what people are doing with equipment and how are we washing equipment because we know that the pool water sterilizes everything and there are people out there going well you don't need to do anything different because the pool water sterilizes and then 
there are other people going no you need to disinfect in between and parents want to see that and all of that type of stuff so you know that you can see that the aquatic industry is already so divided on that and a lot of us haven't even gone back yet so and in terms of things like that disinfectant in the UK we actually haven't even had it official that chlorine does disinfect COVID-19. Wow. There is still, that's still sitting on the fence. And there is still research going on to that. And there's a lot of people starting to use guidance from other countries because these Facebook groups are brilliant. You know, they're connecting the industry around the world. Yeah. I'm sitting here in the United Kingdom and talking to you in Australia. But it's very hard to then justify those decisions Mm. if something were to go wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's why there's been... um, I know Oswim have copped a bit of flack about not saying anything. And, you know, if they give the wrong guidance as well, then they they can also be in trouble. And But everything that you know, um, Swim Australia are releasing is all coming with this is valid as of this date and this may change. You still need to do your own research. You still need to make good decisions for you and your swim school. So, you know, you, you can see that divide, not just with um, within the industry and the teachers and the swim schools, but also um, at that governing body level as well. I think there are a lot of people confused about what to do and how to do it and how we sort of get back to some sort of normalcy. So, Mark, what changes are you going to put in place to be able to open? I think at the minute, over here, the biggest problem most places are going to have is around social distancing and changing. Um, Because for a lot of us are changing facilities are quite small yeah and it's going to be around thinking out of the box on how we can get people and the the volumes of numbers i suppose we need through the systems and through the classes to make things viable um yeah so for for us we are purchasing sort of drying robes and we're mm-hmm. going to resell them onto swimmers. Yeah. The idea being that the children can then just get out of the pool, put this on and go straight and home. home. Yeah. Um, we suggested that to our parents in our closed Facebook group last night and I think we had about 45 pre-orders within oh. half an hour. That's fantastic. Um, much, much higher take-up than we expected and much higher take-up because they're not cheap and as a swim school we are very cheap we are certainly the cheapest in the area and we're cheaper than most of the local authority classes yeah so i hadn't expected such a big take-up the other thing's gonna the other big thing will be around the social distancing and trying to implement one-way systems around things yeah uh in terms of how you enter the facility, how you get into the changing rooms, how you then come through the changing rooms into the pool hall, 
and then go back out of the pool hall and into the cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your pools are set up very differently. Or the pool, or most pools in Europe, I guess, are set up quite differently to um, systems in Australia, and 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 America, I guess. So, yeah. Interesting, interesting. It sounds like you've got some out-of-the-box thinking to do. I think we have, and the other thing is to then try and get the higher, you know, the places we hire off on site. Yes, yeah. Because I run out of school. We run out of three school pools. And I know financially they need us there as much as we need to be there. Yeah. And some of the guidance that's coming out are saying, you know, things like there should be antibacterial, sorry, alcohol gel and things available at the entrance to change rooms and the exit. Mm. Who then funds that? Yeah. Who, who becomes liable for putting that up and topping it up? Yeah. who then has to put these one-way systems in and the signage up. and So I think, for me, the biggest challenge I've got over the next couple of weeks is working with the venues to say, right, this is how I think we can open. Can you help us do it? Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Mark, I did just turn my microphone down because my dog's barking. <laughs> just to try and keep that out of the background. I don't know how successful I was. <laughs> um, yeah, very interesting with, yes, who's who's going to be liable for putting out those hand sanitising stations? Because that's, that's another expense for so many swim schools that they haven't had to incur before. And now if their class sizes are having to change to keep that social distancing... Um, you're you're right. The viability of actually reopening is is the big question here. So obviously, there's there's going to be a lot of changes. Do you guys have an an open date yet? In terms of, as I was saying before, most of his guidance, there is a black and white finite law that swimming pools cannot be open in the UK until we reach. Stage three. Yeah. And that is the current target is the 4th of July. The 4th of July. Swimming pools and leisure, yeah, swimming pools and leisure centres and things can okay. start reopening. Yeah. Um, mm. If that actually happens, it is still up in the air. But for us, because we run school terms only, we're kind of saying we're not going back till September. And that seems to be the general feel for quite a few people I've noticed. Okay. They're not looking at pushing anything too much until September when the schools would normally go back. Yeah. After our summer holidays. Yeah. I think hoping that by then some of the social distancing will have passed even more. Eased, yeah. And we might have a clearer idea of how we can run. I imagine 
that will be very different if you own your own facility. Yeah. Or you run one to ones. Mm. And but for for general classes, it seems to be very much a, a lot of people are going to wait till September. Yeah. Do you think your teachers may have to wear any PPE? At the minute, again, it's very much up in the air. Yeah. So, in terms of schools, the government's actually advising that we don't wear PPE. Yeah. So, as a company, I've bought in face masks for everybody. Yeah. Because... Um, I am going to put teachers in the water still. We have pool helpers who are in the water with the little ones. Yeah. And I'm still going to put them in the water. But we're going to ask them to, where possible, stay back from the children and stand to the side of them so they're not getting direct breath and things on them. Yeah. And these masks will be provided if they want them. Okay. In terms of the big visors and things, no, we're not going down that route. Okay. So when you say masks, you're thinking just like a surgical mask? Um, a material mask. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess one of the homemade masks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which seems to have popped up all over the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Saving again. people from wearing underwear on their faces. <laughs> Yes, basically. <laughs> looking at them yeah. and looking at some of the research that's starting to come out, it's more around stopping you passing something on to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think the one thing I've been saying to some of our staff is actually a lot of this is around giving parents the confidence to return their children to our care. Yes. Even if we know these yes. face masks are probably going to do very little. Yeah. It's becoming an expectation almost that people will wear them. It's the same with, I don't know if any swim schools over in Australia are doing it, taking temperatures. Um, there are a few swim schools have said they've bought thermometers and are going to start checking temperatures of children before lessons. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I haven't heard of any swim schools wanting to do this, but I certainly had to do it when I went to the dentist the other day. So, yeah. And a lot of our airports and things are starting to do the same. So it, it we've kind of thrown the idea around, but haven't done anything yet because it's that we want to meet the parents' expectations almost. We want to be showing them that we've done everything we can to keep everything safe. Even if that means going slightly over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's um I that and that that was the comment that I put on the Facebook group last night saying, you know, a lot of this is really to keep the parents to to appease the parents. If they know we're doing these things, then then that's then that's great so they'll they'll feel comfortable to come back this is how we get people back in our doors you know the same way we tweak our programs and we get qualifications and we do all of these other things to make sure we've got a great program and we've got great teachers so we get people through our doors this is now just something else we have to do to get people back in our doors and feeling confident and comfortable in returning to our facility
And if that means jumping through some more hoops, then that's what we will do. Yeah. Yeah, if that means you put a uh, bucket of chlorine beside the pool to dip your to sanitize your things in, then, you know, that's that's what you have to do in between classes. So, yeah. So it sounds like things are still very up in the air in the UK and there's there's no real definitive, this is what it's going to look like when we return to swimming for swimming teachers. No, there isn't anything. Yeah. Um, I think we are waiting for Swim England guidance. Yep to come out on the 15th of June yeah we're taught that will be very similar to the STA guidance that's already out mm. but until that's out there's not much the owners and operators can do game. yeah no and a lot of people are still pushing for the social distancing to be dropped down to a metre yeah Yes, yeah, and I think if that can happen, it will be a very different ball game. Yeah, yeah, we're at one point five meters here in Australia. Um, I don't see that changing anytime soon, though. No. Yeah. Wow. Well, Mark, thank you so much for talking to me. I know it's quite late at night there and you, you're giving up time with your loved ones to, to come and share this information with all of us. So thank you so much. I do truly appreciate it. Before we sign out, is there anything that anything else you'd like to add? I think for us, this pandemic has brought out that as an industry, we work together very well globally. And it's been lovely to see how other countries are dealing with it, even if we don't necessarily agree with some of the ways they're doing things. Yeah. And I hope that continues. I hope this this working partnership, you know, is built upon. Yes. And I'd love to see all the countries around the world really starting to work together a little bit more for the good of something for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think social media has been absolutely fantastic for that. And then I think the COVID-19 pandemic has just heightened our global unity extensively. I, I really agree. I totally agree with you, Mark. Yeah. So fingers crossed this continues. And thank you for letting me uh, get a voice on your podcast. Oh, well, thank you for, for agreeing to come on and... Um, I know it's hard when there's still no solids, um, but I'm just I'm 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 very thankful that you've been able to, I guess, come and lighten the situation, in enlighten us of the situation in England because it is so very different to what's going on in other parts of the world. So I know in England. Sorry, in the USA, I spoke to Heidi last week and released that episode yesterday. Um, she seems fairly confident in reopening soon. And, you know, there are swim schools in Australia that are opening already. And they're in parts of Australia that haven't had many cases. So, you know, I think we need to listen to the people that have opened or are about to open 
and learn as much as we can about their their opening experience and and put those into place as as we start to open as an industry and see if we can keep working together moving forward so mark thank you so much um i will put your contact details at the bottom of all of the the stuff so if anyone wants to find out <laughs> my, my words are gone and I've just looked up and I've seen it's light outside all of a sudden I'm, I'm a little disoriented <laughs> um so yeah if anyone wants to find out more about Mark or his organizations because you also have training wave as well don't you we do that's a sister brand to the company we the in at the deep end company and yeah. that is so much a a training entity yeah so you are exceptionally busy um, <laughs> and you you obviously with with the training and the swim school and being a special education teacher as well you have to be all over this so um, yeah I'll put that information at the bottom of the podcast blurb I'm going to call it a blurb. I'll just go with that and see what happens. But again, Mark, thank you so much for for joining me this evening for you, this morning for me. And um, I hope you get a really good night's sleep. (laughs) Thank you very much. I hope you have a nice day. (laughs) Thank you. All right, guys, there you have it. That is what's going on in the UK. So teachers... Hang on a little bit longer. We really can't give you much guidance as to what swimming teaching is going to look like when you're able to return. Um, And that's not going to be until early July. So the 4th of July. Maybe a day of celebration. Let's, Let's keep our fingers crossed that you guys can open over there soon. Um, Well, I didn't beat the birds. You've still been able to hear the lovely amazing Australian wildlife that lives in my trees just outside um, uh, even even the dog uh, joined in so guys I do apologize for that but I do hope that you are enjoying it <laughs> so, I did hear a kookaburra Were you, could you hear the kookaburra this morning anyway thank you so much for listening for tuning in um, I am posting that one on a Saturday morning so it's it's like two little episodes released um, in very quick short succession so you guys can find out what's going on in the US in Australia and the UK coming up in the future episodes I am planning on speaking with um, another couple of swim schools and talking about um, what decisions they need to make in order to be able to open so I know Mark and I briefly touched on the viability of reopening Um, so I've got some conversations to be had with with some more people so fingers crossed I can get those interviews in for you soon so you guys are aware and especially as swimming teachers if you're not running the business um, you know some sometimes it can be really frustrating because you might be left out of the loop so I want to try and get some information to you guys about what is going on in your owners or your managers mind as to how and when they can come back and open up and get you guys back to work. So fingers crossed, guys, that everything goes to plan and I will get some more episodes out to you as soon as I can. But in the meantime, happy swimming if you can and if you can't, happy creating. 